Shalom and welcome back to the Revive Podcast. I'm Carrie, pastor of Connection and Discipleship here at Neighborhood Church. Thanks for joining us each week here. We love to create and curate resources to help people thrive in Christ. And all those are available at neighborhoodchurch.com slash revive. So I'm joined back here again this time by Pastor Mike. Hello. Awesome. And we're having a, a special guest back on from our Los Alamitos campus. It's Pastor Sean. Hey, everybody. Awesome. <laughs> Sean, I love how you're, uh, we're, we're talking through Zoom and you've got this nice tropical background behind you. <laughs> yeah. Hatching in from Hawaii or something. That's right. Got to keep it mixed up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no one can find where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Just the fact that you're in the office next door. <laughs> That's, yeah, that I'm like one office down from you. <laughs> we can always hope that we were in Hawaii recording this together. <laughs> yes. I wouldn't be well, recording this. Oh, I'd be out yeah. on the beach. For sure. <laughs> Well, if you are listening in from wherever you are listening in, maybe Hawaii, maybe you're listening to this podcast from Hawaii, but if you are a listener today, we would encourage you jump into our main passage where we were on Sunday. That's Luke chapter 15, verse 11 through 32. Might be a familiar passage to some of you, quote unquote, the prodigal son. Um, We dove into that in our Sunday morning messages, and now we're going to be diving back into that in some new ways, some fresh ways, and some different... um, different things we want to share about that. So mm. one of the things we love to do in our podcast is dive into the cultural background of these things. Man, these, these stories happened 2,000 years ago uh, across the world in a very different culture from, um, you know, 21st century America. So mm. uh, needless to say, there were no smartphones back then, <laughs> as well as, as well as a few other differences. Like, so Let's talk about that, you guys. What? Um, let's start by talking. What was significant about Luke 15 and this context of the prodigal son story that can help us understand what Jesus was trying to say there? Well, l- l- let me just start with talking about the Gospels: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These are four uh, insights into the uh, life and ministry of Jesus in a very personal level each of the gospels are written by either an eyewitness or a disciple of an eyewitness Uh, matthew written by matthew uh, the disciple there mark uh, really took peter's perspective Uh, john obviously the the apostle john uh, one of jesus's best friends very close to him and then luke luke uh, dr luke as he's called uh, he wrote not only the bible book of luke but also the book of acts and he is uh, really Paul's uh, disciple or really spent a lot of time with Paul. And so we have a perspective from Paul in this. And uh, Luke's mostly uh, wrote uh, in, in a time fashion where he kind of went through the life of Christ, you know, birth and then began his ministry. And, and, and it's, it's more chronological in order. So you can kind of count on those events happening after them. Now, he, uh, he misses some parts where the other gospels fill him in. And so they all work together. Uh, you know, uh, Matthew, Mark, and and Luke are called synoptics. They they really follow the same pattern. John is a little bit off to the side because John <laughs> John writes thing. in a very unique way. He writes as a here's my friend Jesus, and I want to tell you about him. Mm. And so he picks stories that really hit where his theme is. But in Luke, we have some things going on here. So I mean, I can go on forever about, about yeah. the, the technical piece of this, but. Uh, in the immediate passage that we're talking about, Carrie, maybe take on some of that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that Luke, he, when he travels with Paul, he's this traveling companion that gets to hear all of Paul's heart and Paul's perspective on who Christ is and what happened. 
And Paul had been extensively in Israel with all these other apostles after he gets saved, after he stopped hunting them down, he, he meets mm-hmm. Jesus and becomes their friend and gets to hear all these stories about who Jesus really was and what he said. And then Luke, as he travels with Paul, he gets to go back to the Holy Land. Uh, Luke is not a Jewish guy. He's a Gentile, non-Jewish man. But he gets to go back to Israel with Paul and hang out with all these Jewish followers of Jesus and be like, hey, Peter, what was that like? Hey, James. Hey, John. Hey, you know. Thaddeus and all these other guys, you know, <laughs> like, like, oh, I'm just a disciple. No one remembers the name of, but <laughs> Good old you know, he's like, no, 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 I want to hear your story. So, <laughs> so he gets this perspective on who Jesus was and gets to record all that down with a real historic emphasis. If you read, you know, Luke chapter one, verse one through two, he's really trying to keep a historical thing. So, yeah. So we get to see this heart of a guy who was not born in the Jewish people, but learned about them and then gets to say wow here's who i've found here's what i've seen i, I just say a, a little aside carrie as, as you're talking because it's it's so good yeah to kind of see the broad strokes and and kind of like like we were even talking about how it's like yeah it's it's so different from the 21st century and yet like the, especially the synoptic gospel i mean all the gospels are, are there's a narrative to them there's a story you know and 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 oftentimes i when I think about the story of the prodigal son, I, I kind of cherry pick and take, you know, chunks out of it. But but what a good practice in general, like to sit and read through an entire gospel in one oh, yeah. sitting. It, it, it takes some time. But but like I remember doing that in college and I had never read Bible stories like that when I took them in entire chunks. And that's I think it, even like what you're saying, it's so good to realize that Luke was doing this purposefully. Like there's a flow, there's a narrative, there's a reason why you read any story start to finish and not just, I'm going to cherry pick all these, you know, and that's not bad, you know, it's not bad to pull out the verses, but yeah, it just came to mind when you were talking. And in the context or the verses right around Luke 15, where the story is uh, in the latter part of Luke 15, there, there's some issues going on and all the gospels really carry this, this issue is that the religious right at that time <laughs> was having a really difficult time with Jesus um, <laughs> they had expected and had a very different view of God than Jesus did and, and of God's kingdom. Somehow, somewhere along the line, you can kind of see it in some of the Old Testament realities that there was a missing of the heart of God, that the fact that God is love and that he cares and his grace and mercy, you know, are new every morning. They're, they're, even though that those, all those Old Testament passages, and Psalms and David, all of those things that come out and, and Isaiah and, and Jeremiah, all of these Old Testament prophets speak of the heart of God. Mm. Somehow the religious right missed it. And pride and power came in. And uh, I reference this in, in, the, in my sermon, but it, it, in, in Matthew chapter 23, you know, it says, it's verse one, it says, then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and his disciples saying, the scribes and Pharisees have seated themselves in the chair of Moses. Mm. Now that's a really important understanding because the chair of Moses, Moses gave the law. <laughs> And so Moses in the, in the, in the eyes of Israel is, is, is huge because he was the one who brought forth God's law. Now, God's law was meant to be a teacher to help us understand who God is, that we need salvation, and to look forward to Messiah, to who, uh, our Savior. But what happened with the Pharisees, they decided to take it all on themselves that, hmm. you know, and, and, and kind of push human pride into there that, that they were better than anybody else because they followed the law. They even put an extra layer, a hedge hmm. on the law so that they wouldn't follow that. They wouldn't miss that. And they would put this in tremendous weight on people. And if you read Matthew 23, you hear how Jesus feels 
about this group. I mean, he calls them hypocrites, whitewashed tombs, mm. uh, that they are all about themselves. Serpents. They're, they're, yes, that, I mean that. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, I think it was a uh, um, John the Baptist called you brood of vipers, you know. <laughs> um, uh, but it, it's it's it, it's and so Jesus is talking to not only the 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 sinful people of the day, the tax collectors, yeah. prostitutes, the, the people that everybody knew was evil and wrong and didn't mm. want to follow God's direction. See, they Jesus, they get they crowded around Jesus because mm. you know they may not have wanted to live life God's way at that point, but there's there was something about Jesus <laughs> that attracted them. So here you have a very crazy crowd, the sinners of life, known sinners, and then you've got the religious right, and they're both mm. there listening to Jesus. And he starts off on talking about here's the heart of God uh, towards that. Mm, you know, you mentioned Mike, uh, tax collectors. I just did my taxes and wait, hold that. If I do my taxes, I mean, <laughs> I just handed everything to my tax guy and he did all the actual yeah. work. So yeah. <laughs> I think, man, are the fairest, the religious leaders and the religious <laughs> elite hate my CPA? Like yeah. what, what is that all about? Like, you know, what, what was a tax collector back in that day? Good, good mm. question. I mean, and, and true. And, 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 you know, your tax guy is not evil. I mean, I, I mean, I, my tax guy, I love him. He's a great guy. Um, and, and that it's at, at, the, at that day, tax collectors uh, really were just swindlers. They could collect as much money as they wanted from people. And, uh, and they, and Rome only asked for a certain percentage or a certain amount. And so they made their money off of you know, just telling people, oh, your taxes is this much. No, it's this much. And they were very arbitrary. And, and then you would go to there and see their houses and they had zillions of servants and wonderful houses and all this kind of stuff off of their money. Mm. And uh, I know we feel that same way about the government these days. It's somewhat, uh, <laughs> but, but the, the truth is they were, they were, there were no laws uh, stopping them. And so they were, uh, they were not seen as, as, uh, and, and they weren't, they, and they knew it, you know, they mm. were, and believe just, just so you know, Matthew, Matthew was a tax collector. Mm, one of his disciples, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, it's it's interesting, again, to go back to kind of the narrative flow in Luke, you know, like like this is kind of the parable section too. I, I mean, you know, you know, Jesus, you know, often talked in parables, but he, he, he was hanging out with the Pharisees, meeting, he had dinner, I think in the previous chapter. Um, and then in Luke 15, one, you know, it's it, like Mike, you were saying, it's, it's this, this contrast of both these groups were listening, you know, and, and how unique and that Jesus, you know, yeah, he's, he's, he might be off-putting in some ways, just or confrontational, but, but there's something about him that he, he attracts the, the whole spectrum of people. I mean, even in our day, you know, like to, to kind of bring it to contemporary times, like there, there's, you know, so many people think they know what's right and what's wrong and how to do things but there's something about jesus that ah, okay wh where do i fit how do i fit you know and, and and kind of speaking of fitting um you know it, you know jesus you know talks about okay okay you know i i just interacted with the pharisees you know and, and they're grumbling that jesus also is having dinner and doing like not not appropriate things with sinners not appropriate being like fellowshipping you know like treating them as equals you know mm. and and so, you know, like Jesus gets into the series of parables. Okay, okay. What, what about, let, let's bring it to our day and age. What about the lost sheep? If you have a hundred lost sheep and you lose one, you're going to go after that one and be excited to bring it back. Okay, okay. What if you had, you know, a, a collection of valuable coins? If you lose one, you're going to search your whole house. You're going to stop your weekend and find it. And when you find it, yes, 
I, we, we found this rejoice and celebrate with me. Okay. That's very tangible. And then he gets to the prodigal son. And, and I, I think he, he gets like, Jesus is kind of like, okay, now let's get a little more real, you know, and, and, and kind of like, there's, there's two brothers. Right. And, and to go back to kind of what, what the Pharisees are all about, I, I, I think like, and we were talking about this before the podcast started, like in the old Testament, so often we see, you know, the Jewish people not following God, like, like um, following other gods, disobeying, not following the law, not fulfilling, not doing good enough, so to speak. And then like Pastor Mike, you were saying like in, in Jesus time, they almost swing totally to the other side where they're like hyper following the law. It's almost like they're that, that whitewashed tomb, like they, they can be totally disconnected. And, and in our, our parable, it's like Jesus is talking to these two groups of people and his parable is about two brothers that are on polar opposites. And right. it's like, oh man, yeah. Yeah, mm. and, I, and that's why, you know, I, I don't like the, mm. the title prodigal son. It should be either prodigal sons, plural, mm. or yeah. two lost sons, because yeah. they both are lost. Because in the story, and I, and I could tell you, I mean, I, I can't imagine the Pharisees not going, ooh, that's us, we're the other brother. Yeah. But you know, one of the things, Sean, you said about, uh, about you know, these people be attracted to Jesus, I think, the main reason why people are attracted to Jesus is because he reflects the heart of God. Mm-hmm. He, he's the one who, you know, uh, oozes out, emulates, you know, cause didn't he say, you know, he was seen me who's seen the father. Yeah. And he reflected that and how he cared for people, you know, the widow who, who lost her or her son. Uh, he, mm-hmm. he feels compassion, the, the, the compassion he felt for people who were, you know, even the lepers who the Pharisees had shunned because, you know, you must have done something evil to receive this. So yeah. we're just so because you're evil, we're just going to shun you. Yeah. And the Pharisees shunned everybody. And then the story of the Good Samaritan, where, where you know, he's talking to Jews and there's Pharisees in the crowd. And he says, you know, here's a story. A guy gets beat up, thrown to the side of the road Two religious people. Mm step on the other side don't even do anything to him but the samaritan who's despised you know he's the one who does it that's the neighbor that's the one who's loving yeah, the neighbor he does and that goes right. way back to leviticus and an old testament teaching of loving others and being hospitable and that's that reflects the heart of god mm-hmm. and so naturally when jesus gets on the seed you know he 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 just oozes out this this love of god people want to know about him mm-hmm. and yet the problem was the pharisees were communicating a way different god Mm. God about judgment and rules and, you know, sticking people under the thumb and all those things that just, that was not, you know, that's why he says that they, they've got it wrong. The heart yeah. of God is, is for lost people. And, and also like reconnecting, like, like not because there, there's a sense in, in the story of the, you know, it, it's, it's kind of funny because the story doesn't necessarily resolve in terms of he has this interact. The father has the interaction with the older brother who's, right. who's like, I'm, I don't want anything to do with this because man, I was with you the whole time. And he feels insulted. He feels like maybe the father's being irresponsible. Um, but, but you could see the heart of the father in the story that he wants to bring both son, the older son back too. He's, he's welcoming the young uh, son who's repentant, you know, who's contrite, you know, and, 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 and displaying um, a desire to reconnect with God or, or the father, mm-hmm. right. In the story. And, and that's a good thing that the father honors, you know, but there's also this desire where, where he, 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 he takes time to connect with the older son, to explain, 
the younger son was dead and now is alive and he's your brother you know because yeah. the, the older son is like this your son you know he disassociates himself yep. but the father's like right. no this your brother was yeah, and dead I, and now alive yeah and that's yeah. that point just is just just nailed me not only personally in my own relationship because i feel like the the prodigal the one who was far from god and then mm. i came back towards him and, and here's the the heart of god he runs towards Mm. the the prodigal son that undignified you know doesn't care <laughs> yeah. you, you know that was a rich landowner would never run but you <laughs> see his father you know just booking it down the pathway yeah. <laughs> to embrace his his son who was once lost but he does the same thing to the older brother in verse 28 of of, of luke uh, 15 he says and his father came out mm. and began to entreat him the father mm -hmm. didn't stay in the house and go hey come on in no the father went out mm -hmm. And just like Jesus went out to the Pharisees, and you know, one of my favorite stories is is this, is the story of, of Nicodemus. And if you ever get a chance to watch the the Chosen TV series, and I, and, and Carrie, I'd put this uh, link in the in the in the uh, show notes. Yeah, uh, is is there's a great scene with Nicodemus, and though you know they take some license with some scripture and stuff like that, it is a beautiful scene. Brought me to tears because that's how I think Nicodemus came to faith. He hmm. finally got it. Here is a teacher of Israel, and he didn't quite know and understand this, and Jesus calls him on it. Hmm. And yet you see him in the movie part, you know, Hollywood, but it, it, you see him finally come to faith. And we know that he had some kind of faith. He was the one there with, with, uh, uh, that went, took the body of Jesus and, uh, and mm -hmm. laid it in the tomb. And, yeah. and, and, you, and you sense that he is one of his disciples or one of his followers, um, because there's always yeah. been a division in the, in the Pharisees with Jesus. And what a good thing to see in towards the end, like you said, where, where Nicodemus is helping, you know, take care of Jesus' body with Joseph of Arimathea, two Jewish leaders, mm -hmm. we can see that, that there is hope, like, you know, it, for people who are in this very, in the religious establishment, that Jesus does say, hey, wait a minute, the sinners, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, they are just as close, if not closer to the kingdom of God, as he says, because they're willing to accept me. They're willing to follow me and not put me into a box or uh, be threatened by power or lose their power structure. But, but at the same time, in the real life examples of guys like Nicodemus, we see one in John chapter three, him wrestle with these things like you described, Mike. And then later he does come around. So mm. it's nice to know that whether, you know, if we identify more with the prodigal son, that's the rebel that runs away, that is fleeing from God, God pursues us. It's nice to know that if some of us were born and raised in the church, we do tend more towards legalism. We do tend more towards like, man, I'm just born and raised in this religious <laughs> thing. Like that God, God still pursues us too mm. in those places. It's nice that there's no one, no one is out of bounds of God's love. Yeah. And, and the, and the truth is that there's a little Pharisee in every single one of us mm. and how we see it is, is the way we throw out judgments. We mm. judge our brother and sister and instead of loving them and dealing with our own anxieties and stuff like that. We tend to focus on other people and then blame them and then mm. push them down to lift ourselves up, which is again, it's, it's the human sinful side of us and we need to repent and, uh, and embrace the heart of jesus in those situations well i don't know i mean maybe everyone else is judgmental but i can't think of any ways christians have been judgmental this past year i mean i don't <laughs> and I don't there know. you go the little pharisee comes out <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> you know, it's it's for uh, at our service. We talked about you know, uh, there's a tactic um, that sometimes uh, when you're studying the Bible or studying Scripture, sometimes it's helpful to to place yourself um, in the story or as one of the characters. And so, I, and I think everybody. Mm. Um, can do that with this story it's quite accessible like sometimes I feel like the the prodigal son the younger son who was reckless who you know committed in my heart to to go where God wasn't but then the Holy Spirit prompts me to turn back sometimes I feel like the older brother you know where I, like we're saying I do get judgmental I do you know yeah in this day and age you know I see stuff on the news and I'm like you know before you know I mean like people are getting murdered people are getting killed people are suffering but I'm like, you know, my first reaction is like, well, the context, you know, we got to think about, you know, and, and, um, and, 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 and so it struck me, you know, reading the prodigal son, like, how do we see ourselves as the father character, you know, like, like, what does it look like, you know, not, not to like try and claim like we have God powers or something like that, but, but um, when could we put ourselves in that place of having um, extravagant love and compassion Right. You know, and, and as we were saying earlier, you know, like um, Jesus, what Jesus sees the father doing, that's what he does, you know, and, and, and in John 15, you know, he talks about I'm the vine, you are the branches, I abide in the father, so you abide with me. There's this interesting reciprocal kind of like highway, you know, like continuum that, that, that Christ relates to the father as he relates to us and we ought relate to him. You know, so I think it's, it's appropriate, you know, to say, well, when, when can I identify with the, the father in the story of the prodigal son in that I'm going to show compassion and run out to meet kind of, kind of, you know, let, let, whether it's the sins of the past, okay, that doesn't matter because we're having a moment or kind of the judgment, kind of the critical spirit of the older son, when am I going to run to connect with him? Right. Um, yeah, John four nineteen, the, the the love chapter that John the apostle later writes as a letter to congregations, says we love because he first loved us, mm -hmm. and so we look at God's example and we say, wow, I've been given so much grace. Mm. I want to turn around and give that to others. Yep. And I've had someone say to me, uh, like, if if you have a hard time having grace, forgiveness, mercy, compassion with others, it may be because you haven't quite come to grips with God's mercy, grace, and love yeah. for you. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Sean, just to what you're saying too, as well. And, and thanks, Gary. That was perfect. It is, you know, Jesus, when he would come to people, he would say, follow me. Hmm. And in that follow me, it was not like just, you know, just simply walk the way he walks, but it was simply do what he does, hmm. live life his way. And I think that as we move towards, you know, looking at the story and yeah, we should be like the father. We should be like the father that goes and, 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 and runs after those who are on their way back and who goes out after even the legalistic Pharisee type people and, and loves on them and say, Hey, come on in, come mm. on in and enjoy fellowship. And that's what I love. You know, the father continually invites them into the party. Mm -hmm. into the celebration mm. and God wants us all to come into that celebration and enjoy him. And, and I think what the, 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 the a good takeaway is in this story is to, and I, I think I use the word on Sunday, revel in the love of God. The, and y'all, I love how you said it, Sean, the, the, the extravagant love of God. Mm. Uh, it is, it's, it is, it, it is radical. 
Mm-hmm. It, it's 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 uh and to some it may even be looking at it as reckless <laughs> i know we talked about it earlier but it, but it's but it's 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 this radical uh impressive always flowing reality of god it's his it's his chesed as the old testament talks about his loving kindness and 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 reveling in that embracing it letting it roll into our life and then and then reveal that and and show that to others like the father showed to both of the sons and again, you know, it's, it's everybody's choice. And that's one of the things yeah. I think that I, uh, um, I left the congregation with and, and it's always a good one to think about is that God gives us choice and, hmm. and, and because you cannot have love, true love without free will. And that's a hard yeah. one for us to take Yeah, because that means a whole lot of stuff's going to happen anyways. But uh, that's just hmm. important. I think you, I love it how you say, you know, just in, we need to revel in the extravagant love of God. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think both of you guys, it's so well put, you know, and I think even for me, I, 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 I try and give myself a gut check because I feel like at various times during my walk, you know, day to day, I I can be in one of the places of, of this story. You know, I can picture myself as the prodigal, as the elder, or, or, you know, as, as trying to revel in and and just rest in god's love and grace you know and that's that's part of the gospel too that's that's part of the old testament too is 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 the seeking of rest of trying to arrive of persevering of getting through the desert you know and and at the end of the day it's not what we do ultimately it's all based on what christ did for us on the cross amen and, and and to and to respond in such a way where it's it's an acquiescence it's it's a laying down and and there's peace in that and and i think that's something that people have a hard time of letting go of you know even like the older son you know but once we do let go then then you know that you know it's it's not necessarily a recipe for a simple or eat well not an easy life but maybe a more simple life and a good life at that yeah yeah this has been great you guys man just looking at the heart of god and how jesus represents it to us and man there's just so much awesome stuff kind of behind this story and it's been great diving into a story that maybe some of our listeners are pretty familiar with prodigal son is a, a beloved preached passage or very that we love to hear but cool to see the the dynamics behind it and some of the applications driving out of it too sean i loved how you just shared you know sometimes you feel like you know we can relate to the younger son sometimes we relate to the older son i'd encourage you guys listening to this podcast take some time and kind of think about that you know like the younger son how have you rebelled against our heavenly father and how you maybe returned and repented, or maybe are there times or things you need to still return to him for trust in his love that he's pursuing you in that. And for a lot of us listening, if we identify with the older brother in this season of life, how are you working so, so hard to be religious, to earn God's favor? And how can you relinquish that to just accept God's love for you, whether you have performed well or, you know, or not, (laughs) Um, understand his grace and then extend that grace towards others, man. This, like, like we've said before, there are so many ways we could explore these passages more and dive into them. I would encourage you if you have more questions about the prodigal son story in Luke chapter 15, definitely email us. You can email me at Carrie K E R R Y at neighborhoodchurch.com. And man, keep tuning in with us here on the revive podcast. Thank you for joining us here for this one. And if you want to keep tuning in, subscribe to our Neighborhood Church podcast on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. 
To learn more about all those topics we've talked about today, check out neighborhoodchurch.com slash revive again. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Neighborhood Church Cyprus, and Neighborhood Church of Los Alamitos YouTube channels. Hope you guys can join us next time. And until then, we pray that God revives your soul. And if you listened all the way to the end here, here's a little Easter egg. Come to us on Sunday morning and you win a free Neighborhood Church coffee mug. Just come to our table and we will give it to you. Thanks for listening.